You know where you are. You know who I am. This is episode 39, A World Without Death. Ready and... Ugh, so excuse me if I sound stuffy or I sniffle or whatever. You've probably lived in a place that has bipolar weather. Uh, I live in a place that has ambipolar weather, where instead of just like rapidly flipping from one thing to another, it does both at the same time. So we're in pollen season, allergy season here in northern Utah. And even though it's also raining like crazy and there's thunderstorms and stuff, it's not knocking the pollen down. So, uh, yeah, my face feels like I'm holding a pillow over it. So, uh, let's talk about death, because, frick, that's what I feel like right now. Neil Shusterman, my boy. Flip, I've read, I don't know, like a dozen of his books now, at least. Uh, I plugged his series Unwind a couple of months ago. Uh, This is a different series of his that also deals with death and, uh, you know, issues in in our real world society but he he kicks it up a notch to go examine these ideas under a, a more amplified setting so think for a minute about death and how every action that you take every endeavor that you have in your life is either related to uh that issue or or determined by it you know you you need food so that you don't die so you have to work so that you can get food and uh, you have to work hard and you have to work well and you have to work in a good industry, you know, also that you can get food and shelter so that you don't die or you can at least stave it off. I mean, you know that you're going to die. Uh, people also seek meaning and purpose in their lives. Uh, this is where religion and philosophy come in. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, theist or anti-theist or, or whatever, you know, people seek meaning or purpose for their lives. And uh, it's all because they know they're going to die and they want their lives to mean something. Uh, We love people because we know one day we will lose them. And again, that ties back into, you know, religion and philosophy. Uh, It is, it is the one great standard. It is the, uh, what do they say, the, the, the toll all men must pay, the, the fee, the tax, whatever you want to call it. It is the, the great unifier. It is the universal standard. We will all die. So what if you were to take that away? What impact would it have on society? Well, uh, that is the question that Neil Shusterman asks in his series, Ark of a Scythe. Uh, There are two books out right now. He's recently finished the third one. There's no release date for it yet. Excuse me. I think it was supposed to come out. You know, if it were following the regular schedule of the previous two books, it would have come out earlier this year. But uh, he released a different book at the end of last year with his son. So I, I assume that delayed this one. But it's set in a near future. I say near, you know, probably 100 to 200 years in the future. Technology is not ridiculously advanced beyond our own. It's stuff that we can imagine and could probably even put into place. It's just cost prohibitive at this point. But from a biological and medical standpoint, death has effectively been eradicated or at least put under control. Um, people can be rejuvenated they can have their their bodies made young again they can you know that all disease has been cured uh they can even be reassembled from grievous bodily harm uh to the point where people end up splatting themselves for fun throwing themselves off of huge buildings because they know that the med bots will come and scrape them off the sidewalk and piece them back together um only in in very extreme and specific circumstances can a person not be reassembled usually if they're if they're burned to ash uh which is why you know fire is outlawed and controlled by a 
benevolent yet all-knowing and almost all-powerful artificial intelligence that they call the Thunderhead. So there are a couple of facets to this world, but the, the main focus is the fact that death has been eradicated, disease has been eradicated, and so what do you do in, in that kind of setting? Well, uh, the world population has just skyrocketed, obviously, past about 10 billion, with no end in sight, and uh, the question that nobody wants to talk about, the elephant in the room, is the fact that the population will uh, will eventually exceed the Earth's ability to sustain it. And that's even with the Thunderhead controlling all of our food production and our livestock and our crops and everything. And even with it putting people on a basic uh, income guarantee, what they call the big, uh, even with providing for orphans and unwanted children and stuff, uh, you know, all those societal problems that we have right now are answered but you can't get rid of every problem. And uh, especially because even with all these technological advances, they still have not yet found a way to, uh, to terraform other planets and expand beyond Earth to answer the question of the population. So what do you do? Well, obviously the sensible thing would, would be to create uh, a police force separate from the government, separate from the Thunderhead's authority, uh, that has the power to go around and randomly kill a certain amount of people every year and uh, kill them with without impunity and uh, make it so that they also can't be uh, rejuvenated, resurrected. They can't be brought back. And these people are called the Scythes. Um, they're given a title and then they're given a, a code name, a patron name, usually of a philosopher or a scientist. Uh, for example, the main scythe in the first book goes by the name of Scythe Faraday. And there are others. You get Scythe Rand and Scythe Chomsky. Um, Shusterman doesn't play favorites with uh, one particular philosophical or historical or scientific ideology. You know, all of these these different brands and branches of it are represented within them. The main two characters in the first book are Rowan and Citra, a boy and a girl, who are... Uh, going to win the Utah Child Name of the Year Award. Um, they both get recruited by Scythe Faraday to be his apprentices for a year uh, to see who will replace him because every once in a while a Scythe has to uh, has to train um, you know more Scythes to come in. You know, there's, there has to be a certain amount of Scythes uh, that are a percentage of the population as is. And then they have a quota that they have to meet each year. Now, there are certain guidelines the Scythes have to follow. There are commandments. Uh, they can't have any progeny of their own. They're not allowed to love. Um, they have to be completely devoted to their jobs. And uh, each one of them, beyond the, the Scythe commandments, kind of develops their own philosophy and ethos as to how they go about their work. And there are some Scythes that are basically serial killers and enjoy what they do. And uh, they prefer to cause mass accidents you know they there's a statistical approach to it and they all go by you know here's here's how the population was regulated by accidents or you know this percentage of people died every year because of drunk driving etc etc so if he caught somebody who was driving drunk he'd say you know hey you're the 20th person i've caught this month and one in 20 people used to die from this so i have to glean you is what they call it pull you out of the population and and uh, you'll be killed and you won't be uh, you won't be brought back um, there are certain perks to to uh, having this happen to you. Your entire family gets immunity from the scythes for a year. But uh, without that immunity, you can basically be gleaned by a scythe at any time for any reason. 
So it replaces the the randomness and almost the unfairness of of our mortality now and <laughs> supplants it with a completely different random and you know you could argue unfair one in the future. Uh, there's a philosophical argument in this where you know you examine our life as it is now and the the life the the vision that Shusterman presents here in in this future series and say, well, you've just replaced it with, with one kind of, of randomness and injustice. Um, you, you've just taken that and, and supplanted it with another kind. But, oh, you know, you, we, we assume that it's superior because now we control it. And that's just the, the hubris and the pride of humanity, thinking that we've made something better because we've gotten ourselves involved in it. Um, despite the fact that there's this, there's this heavy underpinning philosophy and there are these these unasked questions and this this book would make an awesome book club discussion book just because there, there's so many questions that you could ask independent of of the narrative and the dialogue but that are implied by the nature of the story itself um the story moves very quickly uh shusterman is a very fluid writer he writes a, a world that just immerses you in it um you know you, you don't really check the time on the book if you're listening to an audio book of it you don't really check the page count if you're if you're reading it in print it it moves fast and these this is a substantial book at the same time I, you know i want to say it was close to 400 uh pages in print that's with the first book scythe and the second book thunderhead um, I've seen it branded as young adult. I've seen it branded as middle grade. I really think it's more towards the young adult side. Uh, the marketing uh, aspect of book selling is getting a little bit out of hand with the things that they classify as middle grade, largely because people are kind of uh, spent on YA. YA books are dying out because they've taken a large turn for the suck in the last five years and middle grade is still selling and so oh well we'll just call everything middle grade it's like no if if you do that you're just going to make middle grade suck too you're not actually addressing the problem uh but of the the young adult books that are out there this is still one of the the best series that's currently going on and uh, i myself cannot wait for the third book to come out this year so check out scythe by neil shusterman and its sequel thunderhead content warning uh, i'd say it's a soft pg-13 there's the occasional bit of profanity here and there um you know he doesn't write sensuality or sex uh, in into his stories either so uh but of course there is there is violence and um you know you'll see a lot of deaths and executions and, and things like that but he he does things with a purpose and with tact in his books and it's one of the reasons why i enjoy his writing so much uh, so as not to throw too much effusive praise onto this, uh, if I were to complain about anything in it, I would say that with the second book, um, you know, you ever read a story where you can tell that the author was writing in things that were not at all a subtle parallel to real world current events. Um, and I'm not even talking like a zeitgeist of five or 10 years. I'm talking like something that happened over the course of a single news cycle in uh, world or, or national politics. There were things that happened in the second book that were a very partisan and very obvious parallel to certain political goings-on in the United States that I, I found annoying only because it took me out of the story, and Shusterman is usually very good about not doing that. Uh, I won't give any spoilers as to what it is, but if you read Scythe and Thunderhead, drop me an email at dreadpennies at gmail.com or uh, tweet me, dreadpennies, uh, on Twitter, all one word, and uh, let me know what you think. I'd, I'd like to talk to you about it and see what your thoughts are on that. But uh, either way, absolutely check it out. Get hyped. Get ready for the third book. And uh, until then, drive safe and I'll see you out there.